a powerful morning, seeing people uh, praising the Savior all the day long. This is our story. This is our song. Amen. Well, my name is Mike. I'm one of the associate pastors here at the sanctuary, and it is uh, my good privilege uh, to share uh, this morning. I serve in the area of outreach and, and care. Um, and yeah, let's... Um, let me pull this thing up. I, I, I did learn a lesson from Pastor Rose. If you were here for the first service uh, last week, her technology didn't work so well, so I actually have a printed manuscript uh, just to have as a, as a backup there. So, um, but let me, um, let me pray to get us going this morning, all right? Holy and loving God, we thank you uh, for the grace of a new day, a day to praise you, and thank you for who you are. Thank you for inviting us into a relationship with you. God, we praise you for the, your work in those that were baptized today. A reminder that you keep calling people to yourself. Lord, I pray specifically for, for my message today. As we talk about your continued work and purpose in our lives and in our community, uh, through the community called the church, I pray you would use it to your glory and for your kingdom's purpose. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, so we're, we're in this series uh, on the covenant affirmations. Uh, and now, I grew up in a different tradition that focuses on doctrines and creeds. Grew up with the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, Westminster Confession, Bard's Confession of Faith. Um, and, and, and those, they, they, they were really almost on par with, with Scripture. They had some of the similar types of importance, but the, but the affirmations aren't like that. They're not, they're not doctrine. If anything, they're more of, of, of guideposts uh, to help us on our way, to help us in our discipleship as we follow Jesus. And on the front end, uh, we've been talking about it. I want to say it's Pentecost, and what a perfect day to be talking about today's affirmation. Those earlier followers, uh, those covenanters, found themselves, uh, well, not the covenanters, but the early followers of Jesus found themselves waiting for power to do the will of God. Well, friends, we no longer should be waiting uh, for the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is all around us. We live it right now. We don't have to, to wait for it. Um, so I want to, uh, God wants us to fully participate in the kingdom and he wants us to share the hope, the mercy, grace, and forgiveness of Christ with a hurt and broken world, and to constantly welcome people uh, into our fellowship. So let's review our six affirmations again, and then we'll narrow our focus down to the third one, all right? Well, the first affirmation uh, is we affirm the centrality of the word of God. The second is we affirm the necessity of new birth. The third, which we'll talk about today, is we affirm a commitment to the whole mission of the church. The fourth is we affirm the church as a fellowship of believers. Number five, we affirm a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And the sixth is we affirm the reality of freedom in Christ. If we were thinking, if we were doing a critical reflection exercise, we might think of the first three affirmations in a what, so what, now what kind of sequence. And graphically, it might look like this. Uh, the first affirmation affirms that the Holy Spirit, the Old and the New Testament, is the Word of God and the only perfect rule for faith, doctrine, and conduct. It's our what. It's what we respond to. 
The second affirmation affirms that the word of God has an impact on us. It changes us. It forces a response. This affirmation is our so what. But after receiving our new life in Christ, that's not the end of the story. It has power that must be lived out rather than being a once and done activity. It's a grand invitation to something bigger than we could imagine, which leads us to now what? Said another way, how should we live if this is the reality? The third affirmation answers this question, and now what? The third affirmation is the realization that to follow, we have to have a commitment to the whole mission of the church. Our denomination has this to say about the third affirmation, that to follow Christ is not a call to isolation, but it's a call to engagement. The Covenant Church has always been characterized by its involvement in mission. The earliest name attributed to Covenanters was Mission Friends, people who covenanted together for the purpose of common mission, both far and near. They understood that the work of mission to be evangelism and Christian formation as well as caring ministries of compassion and justice in the face of suffering and oppression. Well, unfortunately, if we were to go around the room, I bet we could all name one person, maybe a close friend, a neighbor, or even a family member, who, when they hear the word church, they immediately become sad or even angry because the church hasn't lived up to its promise In the past weeks, I have almost lost count of the number of conversations with people who want so desperately for the church to be a place of grace and life, but they have been so terribly disappointed. They feel that the doors are closed. Let me tell you a a story that shows just how important it is that we reclaim the identity of the church rooted in Christ's love for the world. You might remember it was just a month ago. Um... There was 18 inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> hard, to remember, hard to believe, isn't it? Um, and we've got a great plow company. Well, we've got a sort of great plow company. Uh, they sometimes leave some uh, work to be done around here. And I came uh, over to the church that Monday uh, to clear out some of the, the walkways so our neighbors could, could get through the neighborhood. Um, that was great. That was good. But the next day, I was walking up to church, uh, and uh, one of our neighbors came up to me, and he said, Pastor Mike, I, I'm mad at you. I'm like, mad at me? What did I do? I don't like it when people are mad at me. I, I get a little, I'm like, I, I, I want to fix things. Um, so he went on to say, you, I saw you yesterday. You were shoveling. And you know that I like to earn a little extra money uh, by shoveling. And you should be calling me, not doing it yourself. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. And and it really was sorry. I mean, that was, for him, uh, those are necessary dollars for for survival. So I I, I was definitely sad uh, about that. But he said, "It's, it's all right. I know you didn't mean anything about it. You just wanted to get things done. But Pastor Mike, what I really need is uh, for you to give me a reason uh, to come inside your church. I was like, oh, hit me right there, that he didn't think he had a reason to come in our church. And he went on to say, I want you, I want your church to give me a reason to come inside your doors before I go in the doors next door at the liquor store because I struggle with addiction. Uh, I struggle with substance abuse. Wow. That 
he wouldn't think that this is a safe place for him to deal with his addiction uh, hit me uh, to my core. And so I talked to a couple of, of, of folks, and Sanctuary is going to start a recovery program. Uh, actually, we're calling it a life renewal program, because that's what it's about. It's not just recovery from, it is renewal to a new life. It's beginning over again. It's starting over. And so, uh, yeah, uh, so th- on Mondays and Fridays, first day of the week, first day of the weekend, 10 a.m., we're starting a renewal group here at the church beginning in June. So if you or somebody you know, this is an open door invitation for them to come in the church to experience life transformation. Friends, we have so many words to reclaim, don't we? evangelical, church, mission, even the name Jesus. And not to get uh, too much on a tangent, but sojourners in Washington, D.C. just shared a great piece on reclaiming Jesus. Uh, You can find that little video on their Facebook page or on my Facebook page. But what's interesting, uh, you may have noted there was a little wedding celebration that went on yesterday. Uh, Maybe some of you even got up really early to see it. But If you didn't, one thing you should see is Archbishop Michael Curry. He delivered an amazing message about the power of love. Well, he kicks off the video that Sojourners talks about, about reclaiming Jesus. It's the best 13 minutes I think you can watch on the internet today. Um, But again, don't want to get too much on a tangent. Um, Well, perhaps you'd find it interesting to know that in 2005, uh, this affirmation didn't exist. Part of this was due to the fact that the Covenant Church was really founded on the idea that the denomination was just a structure to help us to be on mission together in a more significant way. That the issues in the world needed a coordinated response by by the mission friends. But mission was always their motivation. But my sense is, and I'll admit, I'm a newcomer to the Covenant Church, just four years now, is that when something is implicitly understood, that over time it is forgotten, and we start to focus on other things. Perhaps by the early 2000s, the Evangelical Covenant Church began to feel that they weren't living out the call to be mission friends in the way that they had before. And so to address this, maybe they thought they needed to make an explicit statement to reorient them to what's important. The purpose and the mission of the church are the same, to bless others and to invite them to join us on the journey of following Jesus. The dominant themes of our purpose as a church is to love God and to love others. From Matthew 22, Jesus said this. He replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And then he said, a little bit later, and go and make. Go and make disciples. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded them. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To be on mission is to follow the great commandment and the great commission. It's not either or. For what it's worth, we see these things working themselves out organizationally in our denomination as make and deepen disciples, love mercy, do justice, and serve globally. 
Those are departments within the structure uh, to help us guide forward. But it's important to note that all three of those departments are led by people of color because the Covenant Church believes uh, that we are better together uh, when, when we look more like the kingdom of God. This affirmation, though, talks about mission, and too often mission is seen as an either-or type of expression, evangelism or discipleship, acts of compassion and mercy or justice. And the church has had and continues to have tense conversations about how to prioritize those things. But the kingdom of God is about the genius of the and. Our response needs to be both and. Yes, it can be both Laurel and Yanny. Uh I I think it's Yanny, by the way. (laughs) If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, get on the interwebs. (laughs) There is no following just part of Jesus. Today we celebrated baptisms, and in a bit, we're going to end our time this morning with communion. Both of these are outward expressions of the new life we have in Christ. As we come up out of the waters of baptism, we're accepting this new life in Christ and have fellowship at Christ's table. In this new life, we are saved for eternity, but we're built for a purpose. But some feel like they're excluded from the table. Not everyone feels like they have a chair. Perhaps some of you this weekend attended Pulse, the Pulse gathering uh, at U.S. Bank this weekend. I wa- yeah, it was incredible. I watched them. I wasn't able to get down there personally, but I watched them Facebook Live, uh, and just an incredible gathering. Uh, there were thousands there, thousands dedicated their lives for the first time to following Jesus, and many thousands more recommitted their lives to following him. And I say, praise God. And I hope that it will lead to new life and a sense of purpose. But friends, I don't need to tell you, I'm going to, but I don't need to tell you what you already know, and that is that there are a large number of black and brown men who wouldn't necessarily feel like they could show up in that space. I know it was well represented, but and even though there were some great artists and Pulse took great steps to bridge the racial divide, there are wounds in our society that are so deep that keep people from showing up. Well, Sanctuary uh, wants to, to create space. And we're partnering with Corey Cross-Dean uh, and the Man Up Club, not to be confused with uh, Boys to Men, but the Man Up Club on June 9th to host a gathering on our lawn, the Sanctuary Lawn, to share the good news specifically to young men here on the north side. And we're still getting some details together, um, but would invite you to, to walk alongside Corey and the other ministers uh, to, to create an opportunity for the gospel to be heard on our lawn, in this space, at this time. Uh, we want everyone to be part uh, of that opportunity. And so if, if you're interested, you can sign up with Amy back at the information desk and join us on that journey. But if all we're doing is proclaiming the good news, and we're not doing anything to bring good news, we're not on mission with Jesus. To bring good news to black and brown men, we have to talk about and do something about mass incarceration. This last week, Dominic Gilliard from the denomination was in town. He talked about his new book, Rethinking Incarceration. On Friday night, while the Pulse Gathering was going on, we watched the movie 13th, which demonstrates how the 13th Amendment uh, was authored particularly to keep people of color in slavery through incarceration. Friends, 
the church has been too silent on these matters. And it is clear that Jesus was not. Jesus was a prisoner for heaven's sake. Let's get a team of people together working on what restorative justice looks like in in our community. I don't have a plan firmly in place, but I want to gather people together to be on that journey together. Again, uh, get me your name so we can sit down together. Too often, I think we lose sight of one of the important facts when it comes to our new life in Christ. And that fact is that Jesus doesn't see mission as payback for this new life. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love, and he has saved you from so much as a gift. Our participation in mission, then, isn't about duty or obligation. Our response to this new life should be pure joy. In the opportunity to get to know Jesus more deeply and to participate in the things that are important to him. Our posture as believers, whether we are new or we've been on this journey a long time, is to say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. This is the move of loving God by getting on the path of discipleship and mission and deepening our love for God. I think one of the things that really hits home for me is that mission without discipleship is really us working out our own plan to change the world. But when mission is fueled by our common discipleship, we become God's agent of change and hope to our neighbors. To be a disciple of Jesus is to desire to know Jesus. We do this by consuming God's word because it is sweeter than honey. And it guides us on the path. To stay on this path, it requires regular study, prayer, participation in worship, giving of our resources, not as a tip, but as a sacri- an act of sacrifice. At Sanctuary, we believe that stewardship is not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. And if you consider yourself part of Sanctuary, I unapologetically say you should be giving to both our general ministry fund and our Becoming campaign so that we can be on mission together. We can't live out our discipleship in isolation. It only finds its full expression in the company of other believers, which we call the church. This is the Jesus way. Following Jesus isn't a part-time gig. You can't just do the parts that you like and opt out all of the others. And oh, what hope Christ puts in our living out this message of love by affirming a commitment to the whole church. Jesus prays a particularly poignant prayer for his disciples. I want you to, to, to listen to it. It's in John chapter 17, verses 1 through 21. Actually, I'm going to read from uh, verse 6. It says, Jesus prays for his disciples. I have revealed to you, to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave, me, gave them to me, and they obeyed your word. Now, they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew a certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours. All you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. 
Holy Father, protect them by your power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been so lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. And then Jesus ends this prayer to his father with, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. See what hope Christ place in us, in you, to be that hope to the world? Well, the whole mission of the whole church is really about how should we live together in such a way that people experience the kingdom of God now. Our question is, how should we live? Christ answers, you live by loving. You live by loving. To love is to hope that tomorrow will be better. We hope by pursuing heaven on earth. We live out the hope of the Lord's prayer that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, thy earth as it is in heaven. According to covenant theologian and the sister of, our, uh, of Nate Clifton, one of our members, Michelle Clifton Sanderson says, we hope by attending to earthly life in a manner worthy of the gospel. We hope by rebuilding the earthly life with an eye toward the new Jerusalem. We live out this hope by allowing love to work in such a way that we give ourselves over to our neighbors. Let's look at a couple more ways that that is happening in our community. And I'm praying that it will spark uh, something in you, an imagination. In January, uh, September, uh, <laughs> hi, September, uh, approached us about uh, uh, something in her faith and compassion. They were compelling her to, to love people who were experiencing homelessness and, and wanting to know how could we do that together. She came and asked, how can we do that together? And we talked about a few different ways, a few different ministries that were doing that well. And we suggested we found really the perfect opportunity with sisters and brothers at First Covenant Church in downtown Minneapolis, uh, where they have a shelter uh, for those experiencing homelessness. And initially our idea, her idea, was let's do, can we do this once? <laughs> and then it became, can we do it quarterly? And then immediately it became, let's do it every month every month. And it's filled up every time. We're, we're filled for May 22nd, but uh, I want to make uh, two points. Uh, one is uh, just an invitation to, to look for that sign-up list as it comes out. Put your name on there. Uh, the second is why. Uh, and the shelter at First Covenant is unlike many others that I've seen. A lot of shelters you go to, they talk about feeding the homeless. We feed pets. We do not 
do that with people. We don't treat people as pets. We serve the homeless with dignity. Yeah. And that's what's so special about uh, First Covenant is they're serving with dignity, uh, rehumanizing people. That was a word I actually used as I was sharing with somebody else about what it's like to do that. So we rehumanize when we serve with dignity. So uh, get on board, uh, sign up for, for those types of things. Well, um, as a church, we do tend to hyper-focus on the things that are closest in front of us, whether it's people knocking on our door or those types of things. But Jesus says, go and make disciples. and ends that with, to the very ends of the earth. And I want to invite up uh, Stephen Marty, uh, Hildebrand, to come up. Um, friends, this is hard work, and at times the story doesn't feel like it will end well. Uh, the whole mission of the church is big, and at times it's overwhelming, but we're not in it alone. Jesus is here through the power of the Holy Spirit, leading us and teaching us all the while we live out the whole mission of the church. Uh, and Stephen Marty, <laughs> let me grab a microphone here, uh, just to, to say, if, I'm going to let you hold on to that, but let me introduce you a little more. Um, these guys are just such faithful disciples. Uh, it's been one of my greatest joys uh, here at the sanctuary to get to know them because you see them everywhere. Uh, you see them in the Royal Hood classrooms. You see them in the, in the kitchen or when we were at North High and in the, in the really kind of nasty places, making sure that, that we make a, a place that, that sometimes isn't hospitable, very hospitable. They, they serve on that hospitality team. Uh, Steve was an elder, and they helped to start our Stevens ministry, which we now call one-on-one, -on -one, which helps people uh, develop peer relationships, caring relationships, loving relationships. Well... Uh, they're entering into a new season of life and uh, uh, a season of life that will take them to some new places. And so I just wanted to invite them up and have them share what God's got going on next. Um, yeah, please. Mike, you're too kind. <laughs> Man. Um, well, after today, we won't be able to see you till August 19th. Mm. Um, Mike reminded me the story of Abraham this morning. And Abraham was invited, beckoned, and welcome by God to do something unknown, to leave what was familiar and comfortable. And over the course of the last four months, um, we've heard God's invitation to something we never anticipated. Mm -hmm. um, we met someone, and we know someone who's going to missionary training in Mozambique, Africa. We'll be in the town of Pemba with Iris Global Mission. Um, and like I mentioned, we weren't really thinking about that, but as we heard about it, we felt this is an opportunity for us to uh, be stretched, challenged, trained, taught in ways that uh, we hope are fruitful here. Um, we read three books by the organizers and two people who are going to be speakers there. Um, and these two speakers are pretty amazing. Without formal education, they have started literally thousands of churches that are growing and prospering and sending out missionaries from those churches throughout South Africa and Asia. And to read about that is just so appealing. We want to hear how we can be somehow tuned into that, see what God might do in our lives. So we really believe in service. Mm. Marty has been an audiologist, helping people with hearing problems, students, so they're not left behind in the schools, working with many immigrant families who don't understand our medical system. And Marty has just been a social worker with amazing technical skills <laughs> to walk alongside, underneath, and help those parents understand how they can help their kids when they don't really trust American medicine many times. I've been blessed to be a child protection social worker and a facilitator in children and family services for families who 
oftentimes are left out, excluded. They really don't believe they have access to the middle-class benefits that we enjoy. So we're going to this training, hoping that we come back um, renewed, recharged. Um, Marty was blessed to get permission to go to this training. Um, mm. She had to get permission to leave a couple of weeks of work behind. I was not so fortunate. Mm. Um, my coworkers, my supervisor, manager said, yes, go. That sounds great. But I work in a bureaucracy. And uh, up above my manager, there was at least one person who said, no, Steve, we're not going to give you that much time. So come and welcome me into retirement this Thursday. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really wasn't easy, but, you know, through all this, Marty's been so supportive and agreeable. She's going to support me if she needs to. Hmm. Um, but God has given us both a sense of peace. Um, and I think sometimes that's one thing I've wondered about. How does God lead? But his peace has been present and growing and stronger than ever. So we bless you guys. We are so grateful that Sanctuary wants to minister to the, all the needs of people. Um, that's what this training is about, meeting medical needs, physical needs, educational needs. They serve 7,000 orphans. Wow. Um, emergency disaster relief, all in the name of Jesus. So we're excited. Thank you. Oh, Steve, yay. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. We want to pray for you. Just discipleship is a lifelong thing. It's not a one-time event. It's lifelong. And whether you are, you know, in, uh, we saw young people uh, in the single digits, and, and now we're seeing people in, well, double digits. Just well, double, Just double, triple. not triple, that's right. Uh, it's a, and, and following the call of Jesus to the outermost portions of the earth in a way that, that brings kingdom love uh, to a world that desperately needs it. Friends, none of us are perfect, and we all work out our faith in fear and trembling. We don't want to elevate those, uh, some over others, but we want to do it together. Uh, we're going to pray over Steve and Marty, um, but I want you to stand as well, because we're all called to be on mission. Stand, I really mean it. Yes, yeah, stand on up. Yes, we're all called to be on mission. We're all being sent out. We're all called to live out this new life in Christ. Uh, and we're, we're called to live out this new Christ in a way that is an act, active in loving God and loving others. And my greatest desire uh, for us at the sanctuary is that everyone would find a spot to engage and to live out the purpose of the church I invite you to extend a hand, uh, really to, to each other, uh, and to Steve and Marty, uh, to everyone, and listen to this prayer. Loving God, by the power of your spirit, you raised us from the waters of baptism to new life. We give you thanks for the many ways you have continued to give us new life through your son and invited us to participate in your kingdom by loving our neighbors as you loved us. At each stage of our journey, you call us further down the path of following you. I pray for our sister and brother as they continue the journey with you to Mozambique. May their path be safe. As Jesus prayed, protect them from anything that would delay or deter them. Give them sweet fellowship. Show them your plans for them just as you show your plans for us. Build them and us up in such a way that we see the next season of our lives as gifts. Bless us. Uh, bless us all, but particularly bless them until we see them again in August. And give us a renewed sense of purpose and an eye towards being committed to the whole mission of the church in our own lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
Yeah, bless you guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm.